Money Talks is brought to you by OCBC Bank. Just in a few words, could you give us your thoughts on the following? Pen and paper or budgeting app? Budgeting apps. Counting every dollar? Not necessary. Just focus on the big things. Budgeting as a couple. Communication is key. Setting financial goals. Important and should be done as early on as possible. Thank you so much. Thanks for joining us. I'm Sarah Alcaldi. Let's be honest, keeping a diligent budget is hard work that most of us probably choose not to do. Just like counting calories, it's too much of a chore to keep track of every dollar spent. But with inflation taking a real bite out of household budgets everywhere, financial advisors say it's never a better time to start making and keeping a budget. Simply put, budgeting is making a plan based on your income and expenses. More than just helping you track your finances, a budget also helps you understand your spending habits and your relationship with money. Are you subscribing to more streaming services than you have time to watch? Or are you shopping online and buying more things than you need? If you have no idea where all the money you've been earning has been going to, or need some tips on cutting down spending, This episode is for you. To help us with this is Junus Yu. Junus hosts a financial podcast called the Building Financial Fitness Podcast. She's also a finance blogger over at MissFitFi.com. Junus, thanks so much for joining us today. Yeah, it's my pleasure. Thank you for having me. Yeah, well, you know, you said in your blog that you saved $100,000 by the time you're 25 years old and you bought your first Freehold property at 26, is that right? No pressure to the rest of the world. <laughs> yes, that is right. And I think that when I put out those two blog articles, I think there was a fair bit of controversy, at least in the personal finance community, right? Because sometimes it can be misconstrued as someone who is me like showing off or things like that. But then I guess my main purpose in putting out those pieces of content is to let people know that it is possible. I come from a humble family background mm-hmm. and it's really letting people, especially young people, know that if you make certain decisions early on in life, it is possible to reach those targets. Yeah. What part did budgeting play in achieving those goals? Are you very strict with how you spend your money or not so much? I would say that in the very early days, I was actually very strict with myself when it comes to spending money. If you look at the entire spectrum of somebody who is very fire-centric and very, very frugal to the other end of the spectrum, it was not particularly the most enjoyable time. There was a lot of times where I was really, really being very careful about how I was spending because back in those days, it was a situation where whatever money that I earned for myself, it was not necessarily just for myself, but also thinking about the family unit. Mm -hmm. Having that understanding at a young age really made me think about the uh, value. For every dollar that I spend, I really need to get value out of it. And it also forces you to think about how to make your money work for you in the most efficient way possible. Mm-hmm. And there's nothing wrong in terms of what you spend on. It's just that 
mindset of you know what you derive utility out of mm -hmm. and you make sure that whenever you spend money, it is really adding value to your life. Right. And you sound very intentional about every dollar that you spend and you make sure that it works for you and give you so much value in your life. When you track how much you spend, are you very strict about jotting down every single dollar where every single dollar went or are you more kind of a general person where as long as my bank balance is at a sort of certain level, then I should be okay? Mm -hmm. That has certainly changed over time because oh. in my early 20s, I literally was jotting down every dollar because back then you're in debt almost like a survival mode, right? Mm. Where you know exactly what your income for that mm. month is. Then when I was interning and after my junior college, like for me to pay for my university fees, because I didn't want to take a loan, mm. I knew that I needed to sock aside at least a certain amount every month. And I knew that, okay, my internship job is not going to pay me enough. So I need to boost that up with teaching tuition on the side. Back then I was probably teaching 7 to 10 p.m. every day mm, wow. and at the same time I was studying then I would like go home and wow. study till like 2 a.m. It really teaches the importance of grit at least yeah. but then in those days I was really counting every dollar mm -hmm. so I was really trying to minimize my expenses. I wasn't able to increase my income all that much at that age. Yeah it's interesting because I'm quite the opposite so when I was young I wasn't as mindful of my spending then a couple years mm -hmm. ago, after giving birth, after having a kid and having more expenses one month, I was like, where did all my money go? Now I really have mm -hmm. to watch what I'm spending. But it's true that it really depends on your goals in life and your goals in that period of time, whether it's trying to save for university or you've got added expenses because of new family members, growing family and everything like mm -hmm. that. So for our listeners who want to start budgeting is there a formula that they have to go for because there's this 50 30 20 rule of 50 percent needs 30 for wants, and 20 percent for savings is that something you would recommend yeah i think with regards to that 50 30 20 rule i think it is a kind of blanket formula. I don't think that that's the best way to think about it because everybody's circumstances are so different. It really depends on the individual and your own personal obligations because everybody's income generating ability is different. Everyone's financial obligations towards family members or people that they are financially responsible for is different. I wouldn't ascribe kind of like a percentage rule to it. Although when I was starting out, I was basically looking to do two things. I was looking to maximize my income wherever I can mm -hmm. while minimizing my expenses. So even as my income grew over the years, I never quite changed my lifestyle, right? It's just that mindset of frugality, I think, underpins everything. Anyone in any situation, whether or not you are high income, low income, whether or not you are single or you have children, I think the base principle of frugality, which is basically being very mindful about your money mm -hmm. and being able to sort of like maximize value from every dollar you spend and also being able to balance between what you spend on now versus what you spend on in the future. Different people have different goals, seasons in life and responsibilities as well. Some of kids, some of elderly parents. So how do you mm -hmm. determine what is a want, what is a need? Because you mentioned how you were very frugal at the beginning. 
But mm-hmm. sometimes it's also nice to <laughs> enjoy your money a little bit. <laughs> like, for example, yeah. I mean, we can all pack lunch to work, but not everybody mm-hmm. has that time. What would you say to people who are trying to be more mindful, trying to budget, but they also have to weigh kind of how to reward themselves a little bit or at least enjoy their hard work and their money and at the same time still being mindful about their resources? This draws back to what I said about the importance of balance between what you spend on now versus the future. Mm -hmm. Because I don't think that people should exist on both ends of the spectrum where one is very formal and YOLO, the other one is like they're very tight on their purse strings. Right. So when you do your budget now, Mm. what are the things then you keep in mind and to know that you are on track? I do have friends, especially if they're just starting to get into, then they are on budgeting apps, mm. at least like expense trackers. Mm-hmm. Because one thing that seems to come up is their salary for the month would come in. And then by the end of the month, it often is the case that they're like, hey, you know, where did all this money right. go? Especially yeah. with cards and with, yeah. with kind of payment methods that we have mm-hmm. now, it's very easy to spend because mm-hmm. you're not kind of like reaching your wallet and taking out like Cash, bills, yeah. right? Because you don't have that visual of like how much you're actually spending because it's, it's very easy to just like tap mm-hmm. and even like online payments, especially when it comes to recurring expenses. It's already right. tied to your credit card and it's just going every month. Mm-hmm. So I would say that one, for somebody who's just starting out, Look at expense trackers like that if you're not already aware of how the money is going every month. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't even be like penny pinching or saying skip to Starbucks and right. things like that. Because if you want to make a real impact in terms of saving, mm-hmm. it would be looking at what are recurring expenses or what are like big ticket purchases that you can actually negotiate down on. Mm. Yeah, that's true. Hi, I'm Stephen Chia, and I host the new season of our podcast, Heart of the Matter. Join me in getting right to the heart of the headlines as we speak with experts and newsmakers to delve deep into the most talked about news developments. Look out for our episodes wherever you get your podcasts. What does a healthy budget look like for you? A healthy budget for me is... Obviously, at a very, very baseline, is spending well within your means. Mm. That would be one. And if you delve further into that, knowing how much of the income that is coming in, what are the various buckets that you put in, which is what you said, what is your needs versus your wants versus investments, and deciding for yourself what are those various percentages. Because I don't think people should be just like, oh, you know, I think 20% investing. You know, for somebody else where they are more willing to take investment risk, right, which I think people should, then, of course, you kind of allocate more capital to that. So just being conscious of what are your goals when it comes to you know, how much you want to allocate towards investment capital, how much you want to allocate towards needs-based spending, which actually shouldn't shift by that much. And then the rest mm-hmm. of it is like wants. Like for these wants and desires, do you really need it? Or can you actually allocate more capital towards investments? How important is investments? Because a lot of time you talk about needs versus wants. And Mm -hmm. you bring up a good point that investments should also be part of that, especially if you are able to put some money aside. I think it is extremely important because, first of all, if the money is sitting in the bank account, technically you're losing money just because of inflation, where inflation is actually very high right now in Mm -hmm. 2022. It doesn't make sense 
to see uh, spending power get eroded. Investments is actually the, I would say, like a very basic thing that everybody should get on as early as possible. Mm-hmm. I mean, with regards to the risk return profile, that also depends on different people at different life stages, as well as the financial obligations. They need to think mm-hmm. about what they, how much they need for liquidity and how much they can put in different investments because different investments also, with regards to liquidity, is very different. So if you were to put money in real estate, it's very difficult to get mm-hmm. your money out and have like a decent return if you're going to do it for a few years. Whereas for equities, it's a much more liquid kind of investment. You mentioned inflation. Things are more expensive now, and who knows how much higher prices are going to go. What would you say to people who are now finding themselves with less available money to spend? How Mm -hmm. should they manage their budgets now where... Most of the time, your expenses are growing, your income, not so much. Mm, Yes. So it's a little bit like what I talked about earlier, which is being very clear on what are the outgoing expenses every month Mm -hmm. is look at recurring expenses, especially now, you know, we could be subscribed to a lot of, let's say, entertainment kind of things like Netflix, Spotify. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you just leave it on the credit card. You know that it's there. Sometimes you don't even use it, but then you know, you're getting charged every month, right? Yeah. Just maybe like hunkering down on those expenses that you know that are recurring and especially if you don't need it, then just cut it. People are looking to purchase like bigger ticket items. Look at what you can do to negotiate down on the price. It could be from a property perspective. What are your expectations? Because if you want, let's say, like buying a condo versus buying like a, a second-hand HDB, mm-hmm. right? Especially if you're having that discussion with your spouse, sometimes you're looking at a six-figure kind of price differential. So what are you okay yeah. with and what are you not okay with? Yeah. What are some of the biggest traps that you think people fall into when it comes to spending? Because budgeting and all these things, it's not just about how much money you spend or what you spend on. It also shows you kind of your relationship with money, right? Mm -hmm. How do you treat money? How important is money to you? And how do you use it? So what would be some of the biggest traps that you think are out there? I would say the most obvious one is, from what I've seen, is lifestyle creep. Okay. I think we can all identify with you're young, you're kind of okay with Mm -hmm. living cheaply. But then, you know, as you kind of progress in your career and you start earning more and then you start to see your peers driving nicer cars, having nicer bags, buying nicer houses, they're spending more on their renovations. And then at some point, there's this, the whole keeping up the Jonas's, this whole comparison bit. And to what extent are you doing that? I think I do see that quite often. Mm-hmm. And the thing is, it is very easy to spend money. Yeah, It is very easy to true. spend money. <laughs> if you get yourself in social circles where there is a lot of, let's say, comparison, for example, you rightly said the relationship you have in money, are you going to be spending that amount just to impress somebody else that you actually don't really care for? How about for those who are married, for couples, what would you say to them and how different should they handle budgeting versus, say, a single person? Oh, I think it's extremely important. I don't have the statistics for this, but clearly there are a lot of family arguments or even arguments between a couple, even before you have children, where Mm -hmm. they are not aligned on how they spend money. And I think that from what I see in my peers, because... I'm not married, so I can't speak from experience. But mm-hmm. from what I've seen in my peers, I think it's extremely important to have discussions about money earlier than later. Mm-hmm. 
because it is important to be aligned for most part and you don't want to have this rude shock where mm -hmm. you are with someone and in your early days like dating days you're very okay with spending money or maybe sometimes the guy is the one who's like footing all the expenses and then when it comes down to actually building a family together it's not just about you and someone else if you're looking to have a child mm -hmm. that comes with it a lot of expenses and sometimes unexpected expenses being aligned on how you plan to spend, being aligned on how much you want to spend on your child because there are cases where sometimes I see one parent would be saying that, oh, you know, I need to send my kids to all these extracurricular activities. It's extremely important. But then the other parent is like, oh, no, I didn't have all these extracurricular things, but then I turned out to be okay. And that yeah. by itself could already be the start of an argument. Right. It's one thing when you have a fixed salary, right? You know how much you're making every month, you know your income, and you can plan around that. But then there are a lot of people who are freelancers, gig economy workers. How should they handle their budgets when, you know, their incomes change every month? Some months are better than others. Mm -hmm. Exactly. I mean, right now we are seeing that shift towards like the gig economy, mm -hmm. the generations before us, people could even have multiple streams of income. So I think mm -hmm. freelancers, they're actually in a good position where they are actually able to have multiple streams of income as opposed to if you are in a salary job. Sometimes in your employment contract, you're not allowed to take mm -hmm. on jobs somewhere else. If you have a good month where you, know, like you make 6K in terms of earnings, but then you need mm -hmm. to be very cognizant of the future months, you might not be able to earn salary. Mm -hmm. So... Being aware of that and not like spending it all at one go is very different. If you know that you always have sight of like 6K coming in every month, then maybe mm -hmm. you can sort of like budget further. But then for freelancers where it's very choppy in terms of the income that is coming in, they need to be a lot more cognizant with regards to their spending. And also they also need to like forecast a little bit in terms of their expenses compared to somebody where they have the comfort of knowing that they have a fixed income that's coming in every month. And I would say if they have that flexibility to look at multiple streams of income and to see what they can boost as much as possible. Because if you have the additional buffer, it definitely gives you the peace of mind. Yeah. You mentioned earlier about how your budget now is different from when you were younger. I didn't really budget that much before. Now I do. How often do you think people should review their budget, make tweaks to their budget as they go along? After a while, if you kind of like do a monthly check-in, especially when you look at your expense statements and because every month you do have things to pay, be it mm -hmm. condo maintenance fee, utilities bill. I think a monthly check-in always makes sense because a lot of the expenses we pay tend to have that monthly nature as well. And then you sort of like a monthly P&L review, if you like, of like how much you spend. You know, if you overspend, what's the reason? If you underspend, then you have the comfort of knowing that you have a little bit more buffer. So I would say like a monthly check-in, I think it sounds reasonable for everyone. We've heard a lot about budgeting today. There's clearly no right or wrong way to go about budgeting. And what your expenses look like will vary between people. But what I've learned is the importance of having an overview of where your money is going and adjusting my expenditure based on my goals. So thank you so much for your time, Junis. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. And thank you to our listeners. If you've enjoyed Money Talks, do follow us on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. If you like what you hear, do rate us or better still, leave us a review. Do also check out Junus's podcast, The Building Financial Fitness Podcast, which is available on the MeListen app and on Spotify and on Apple Podcasts. 
If you have a topic you're interested to hear about or have feedback, write to us at cnapodcasts at mediacorp.com.sg. The team behind Money Talks is Joanne Chan, Jacqueline Chan, Daniel Lee, and Crispina Robert. I'm Sarah Alcaldi. Thanks for listening. Money Talks is brought to you by OCBC Bank.